Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. We've got guest speakers this morning. Guest speaker this morning, Pastor Leo Hanson and his beautiful wife, Suzanne is here as well. So great to have Suzanne here because normally Leo kind of jumps up here on, on his own and so great having you here, Suzanne. Leo and Suzanne have been at a wedding in the weekend. Who was at that wedding? <laughs> Hannah Williams and Sam Brosnay. Brosnay. Oh, Brosnahan. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Brosnahan. Sorry, missed the hand. Brosnahan. And uh, they got uh, married in the weekend on Friday, which was great. And uh, exciting times, eh? So uh, good to have Leo and Suzanne here. Just uh, for those of you who don't know, Leo and Suzanne, we are great friends with Leo and Suzanne. That's true. Good. Thank you, guys. Thanks for the confidence. In fact, we're probably, I mean, from my perspective, we're probably best friends. Uh, it's so great. Leo and Suzanne, they pastored the Majestic Church in Christchurch. And uh, it's so great having good friends who are in the, you know, doing the same bazo. And um, we have known each other for a very, very long time. I was about 13, 14 years of age. And Leo and Suzanne were our Youth for Christ directors in Nelson. And uh, where the organ was being played in church, I was allowed to play my guitar in Youth for Christ rallies. <laughs> And so uh, it was a massive outlet for me, and, and it was. Uh, and Leo and Suzanne really helped helped me on my journey, my spiritual journey, in regards to that, because they gave me an outlet where the where it was so much of an inlet at church. I had an outlet uh, with Youth for Christ, and so uh, impacted my life pretty hugely. So we've been we've been really good friends through the years, through the years, and we're doing ministry together really, and. And uh, Leo is also on our national leadership team for our movement. Uh, he's not the, the church is not part of our movement, but he is on our on our team. Uh, one of the reasons for that is uh, I've got a couple of guys who are on the team who aren't part of our movement, and that is because uh, we love to have input from others, as we don't kind of like just keep ourselves to ourselves. And it's been interesting some of the conversations I've had over the over the time. Uh, in regards to particularly with those with, who are on national leadership teams and other movements, uh, they can't believe that we would have people on, on at that level who aren't actually part of our movement. And so uh, uh, I know that some of them have actually rethought some of the ways that they're doing things because of simply what we've been doing, uh, which has been pretty cool, really, because I think, that, look, you know, we, we all have something to offer, right? Everybody has something to offer. We are all of value, and uh, we don't have to stick just to our own little wee club. You know what I mean? And so uh, it's a privilege to have those guys, particularly at that level of leadership, uh, as part of the national leadership team. So, Leo, I'm just about going to preach the whole s- sermon. Uh, no, well, the rest of the service, but let's hand it over to let's hand it over to you. Come on, everybody. Why don't you put your hands together? Hands together. Let's... Well, here here we are. We are the church. Um, And there's nothing like being here in person, right? You can't beat that. 
we do we do online as well uh, at Majestic, and um, you hear people go, "Oh, the message was really really good today." So, well, why weren't you there? You know, and I know that you know we can only do the hundred thing, but there is things called multiple service if you had to, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, it's great to be here this morning, and we were here for a wedding. We were coming up another weekend to come and speak, so we. We just said, hey, let's pull it all together and make it like one big long weekend, right? It's good. <clears throat> Going back to the whole Youth for Christ thing, which Brent was talking about, um, that was back in the early eight, oh, eight, oh, shivers, 80s. Um, and actually, <clears throat> Rodney Bowater was on our board, was on the Youth for Christ board at that time as well. So there's a lot of connection around here. And um, together with Youth for Christ and with church life over the years, this is my hometown. There you go. Somebody didn't know that. Nelson is my hometown. And it's always, always, it's always interesting coming back to your hometown. You just feel like you just slot back in again, you know. Even though there's a lot of changes that happen over the years, places grow and develop, and it's great to see. Um, but it's always, always really, really nice to come back. Um, Ruby, while you were um, standing up here and you were praying, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, um, that God is going to give you the ability to relanguage for a new generation. I think one of the things that, um, that I think we always need to work on in church is our language. Um, you know, some of our language from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, if you said them to people today, they wouldn't have a clue what you're talking about. And so to relanguage... Um, who we are as the church, who God is, um, what the Bible says, is I think it's really, really important. But I really, I really believe that if you go into that, I think God has got something for you where you are going to relanguage a whole new generation of young people. Young people don't have a clue about God anymore um, in our society. And God wants to give you a language that actually um, bridges that divide between where they're at in the world and where God is. And, um, and language is such a big part of that. So pray into that. Believe God for that, that he would give you that language for a whole new generation. And others will pick up on that as God gives that to you. They'll, they'll start hearing the words that you speak and the words that you say. And as you start declaring those and speaking those out, it's going to have a ripple effect right throughout the church and throughout churches. So go for it, girl. Go for it. Very good. <clears throat> I'm at a stage in my life with, um, with glasses. They're just annoying. Glasses are annoying. Um, I've actually got, um, in, my, in my eyes, I do have, uh, what do you call them? Um, lenses, like proper ones, not, not the stuff you put inside, you know. Uh, lenses, which is great for long distance. I can see everything um, going on down the back, so behave. Um, but, but I've still got to put glasses on for reading. And if I allowed my text to get bigger and bigger, I'd probably be okay without the glasses, but I don't want to come to that place in my life where I have to say, I need bigger text, right? So I still put my glasses on and off as I speak. But that's okay. Um, I, I've got a message that I spoke at our church Last Sunday, and I, and me and Brent were talking about what we're going to do today, and I rang him down and said, I really feel I'd really like to speak the same message 
to your church? Because I really feel that this message is, it's not everything. It's only a small part of thing of what God's wanting to say to us as the church right now. Because um, we, we live in extraordinary times. Whether we like that or not, we do. And these are amazing times of opportunity for the church. These are not bad times for the church. This is a great time of opportunity for the church of Jesus Christ to actually start to rise, no matter what governments say, no matter um, if we feel we, we're getting put down or closed up or losing some freedoms. You know, God is always going to have his way, no matter what. The church of Jesus Christ will not just survive, but will thrive. And so we have to believe that as the church, and we have to live that out of our lives as the church. This morning's message is just called Good, and it, um, it's been inspired by um, Irwin McManus's latest book, which I've just read, it's just come out, called The Genius of Jesus, and uh, I'd encourage you to get that book, it's an easy read, uh, but it's a great read, and he talks about how genius Jesus was and how we can actually come into being a genius in our own world, in our own lives, with what God has given to each and every one of us. You know, as people of God, we believe in the life, the work, and the transforming power of Jesus. And so we're called to go and do good. And yet I think very often we find ourselves debating what we believe is right. The current pandemic has brought that to a head for us. That even in the church, we have extremes of ideologies and ideas about the vaccine and about what's going on in the background. And all these differing opinions have brought a polarizing of ideologies from different ones, which at the end of the day actually don't help the advancement of the church. We have to be careful at this time that we can have diversity and we can have um, our own choice and our own thought that we need to be careful that we don't become divided. Because what the enemy wants to do right now in the church is divide us. And to make sure that he can set us apart so that we keep on fighting and we keep on having our own way of looking at things and, and, and saying that whatever it might be, and it's not just about the pandemic, it could be in any area of life that we are right. But this morning, it's not about being right. Right is based on law. The Old Testament law was given so that everyone would do what was right. If you didn't do right, you were punished. But Jesus came to fulfill the law, and he gave us a better way to live, which is to do what is good. God gave Moses, interesting enough, God gave Moses 10 laws by which the people needed to live by. And over time, the Hebrews added another 106, 613 laws to make sure that they didn't offend God. You go, wow. And the problem with the law is this. The law and the right of the law often leads to legalism. And everyone will say this morning, I'm not legalistic. Man, if we look into each of our own hearts, sometimes somewhere in there, 
there's a little bit of legalism of some kind and some sort because we've got something every now and then or something in our world and in our lives in our lives that we would stand on and say, I am right about this. There are some things that are right. And that is God. God is right. God has right chis and he's made us right chis in himself. But the thing with legalism is this. You know, legalism is one of the lowest forms of thinking. Exactly for that reason, you don't have to think. Because the law will tell you exactly what to do. Now we need laws, okay? We need laws when we're traveling on the highway. There, man, it's crazy when you travel up. up um, I haven't been up here for a while and you go through some places and now you can only do 90. You go through other places, you can only do 80. And it's just like, what happened to 100 everywhere? It was simple, you know? But these laws are put in place for our good. They are to diminish the crash rate, to um, stop more lives being lost. They're there for a reason, and that is fine. And so we need to have laws. But when you think about it, all of us have actually got the ability to actually think. If you don't, you know, the whole thing of legalism being a lowest form of thinking um, social media platforms will help you do that. Lowest form of thinking. There's so much out there now that we never had 20 years ago that we just take and we grab and we hear about this and we hear from that person and we, don't, and we believe all this stuff because it somehow connects with what we think is right anyway. But the interesting thing and the beautiful thing is this, the Scripture tells us that you and me, we all have the mind of Christ. We are meant to think. We are meant to come to conclusions that, are, that don't make us feel that we are right, but conclusions that say, hey, this is good. We are doing and being good. Being right is based on law. Good is based on relationship. Because good makes us think and act with others in mind. And we've all heard this saying, you know, we're doing this as the church. Well, whatever organization it might be, we're doing it for the greater good. We're doing it for the greater benefit of all the people, not just a few. In Genesis chapter 1, when God created the world, every day, after he'd finished his work, he stood back. And what did he say? He said, this is right. No, he didn't. He said, it is good. Oh, man, this is good. And then he got to day six. And what did he do on day six? He made you. And what did he say when he wrapped everything up on that day? He said, this is very good. So you're all looking very good this morning. What a good lot. I think we often get it wrong because we think we're right. And maybe some of it comes from our Kiwiism. For us here in New Zealand, our Kiwiism, oh, she'll be right, mate. She, yeah, she'll be right. It'll come right. It'll be right. The whole thing about being right is probably a, 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 so much in our culture that maybe we need to stop at times and and peel back and pare back on where the right thing is coming from. Say, so hang on, maybe we need to change some things here and turn it around for 
good. You see, I think doing good holds a higher power, a higher effectiveness in our lives and in the world than does being right. In the dictionary, the word good means morally excellent, um, means righteous. It's actually, a te- uh, um, it's actually attached to people. It's actually, it's actually personal. The word right means in accordance with what is good and proper and just. It's about conduct. So when we think about being right, it's about a conduct. It's about a thought. But when we talk about being good, we're talking about people. We're talking about the connection of us with each other. We're talking about God's connection with humanity. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about good. See, Jesus' life and ministry, it says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, 38 Jesus' life, life and ministry was about him going around and doing good because he's a good God. He's not a right God. He's a good God. And the more that we get, I think we get ourselves out of always wanting to be right and thinking that we're right about this and right about that and right about whether to have the vaccine or not have the vaccine. If we get ourselves out of that and say, God, you are good, so what is good? What is good in everything that is going on around us right now? See, right is about conduct, whereas good is about the person. Right is about me. Good is about others. And we're meant to be about others as the church. We're not meant to be about me. We're not to be about, meant to be about my rights and what I've got and what I should have. We're meant to be about each other. So what's good for each other? What's good for all is what we're meant to be as the church. If you get nothing more this morning, get this. We are not made right with God because God is right. We are made right with God because he is good. Ah! Oh, get that as a revelation. We're not made right with God because God's right. We're made right with him because he is so good. We serve a good God. You know, being right can give an air of superiority and, a, and, and, and puff us up with pride, but doing good is acting out of a place of humility and genuine care for others. God's called us to be good, and to do good. The scripture this morning is from the book of Mark, chapter 3, and most of us here would, would know the story, how Jesus is off to church on the Sabbath, and he's going up to the synagogue, and he notices a man as he goes up with a deformed hand. Interesting. What Jesus notices first as he goes to church. He's not thinking about how right he is. He's not thinking about his own righteousness. But he notices someone with a need. And he wants to to do good for the person with that need. And it's, you sort of think, man, Jesus went up to the synagogue all the time. And, and, and you go, well, did he never see this man before? Or was it the first time that man had been there? Was he planted there by his enemies? You wouldn't know. Because the Pharisees and the religious and the, and the guys that were always right were there watching what Jesus was doing.
Because they said if he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. (laughs) I love it. Then he turned to his critics and he asked this, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Good deeds on the Sabbath to do good? Or is it a a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. So he looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, hey mate, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. And at once the Pharisees went away, met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. Man, religion, law, always wanting to be right will eventually kill Jesus in your life. Because there's no room left for his freedom. There's no room left for doing good. The more that people get tied up in what is right. And when you think about the church and the hundreds of years that it has been in existence and you think about the different factions of the church today and you see how some uh, of the church have gone a particular way because they had a revelation from God and yet they're missing the mark totally because of the law that they live by and there's no freedom. There's no sense of actually doing the good that God has got for us as the church because of that. It ties us down and we're not free. Jesus notices the man. Jesus Jesus notices you and me this morning and every need that we have in our lives. He wants to meet those needs, but those needs are not going to be met by someone thinking that they're doing right. They're going to be met by someone who wants to do good. Because if you're doing good, you're operating out of the heart of God. You're operating out of the life of Jesus and what he has done and what he has done for us. His heart was for him. The law said... You can't work on the Sabbath. But doing good says, I am the God who heals. Doing good says, I am the God who rescues. Doing good says, I am the God of rebuilding relationships. Doing good says, I will change your life. Doing good says, I will do good. You see, this particular story here was about saving someone. It was about restoring someone. It wasn't about looking at what does the law say? What is about being right? Say, being, being right would say you don't do that today. But good says, if there's a need, I'm going to meet it. Doing good says, if there is someone who needs something, I'm going to provide it. Doing good says, I'm coming out of my place and space of rightness, which consumes my mind and consumes my time and consumes my days because I want to continue to be right. Takes us out of that into a place and a space where it's not about us anymore, 
but it's about the good that God has called us to do for one another and in our communities. You see, when you live your life for the good, you step into a world of endless possibilities. See, what the law does is tie us down and all we think about and all that we are about is about being right. But oh, it's got to be, that's got to be, that's got to be, that's got to be this. Where is the freedom of God in that? There isn't any. You don't let being right, don't let being right trap you into the world of law. So my encouragement to you this morning is this. Find your good and get to work. Find you good and let's get to work. Let's make a difference at this time in history for the church. It's not about the pandemic. The pandemic is here. It'll become an endemic soon. There'll be something else and, and you know, and all the hype and everything around it will all be gone. There'll be something else. Jesus, just remember, Jesus has been coming back for decades. This is just another thing. Let's stop trying to make it something that it's not. Come on. Come on, church. We've, got to get, we've actually got to get real about history and about the fact that if, if, we're, if, if we're living biblically, don't live like a Greek where everything is linear. Live like a Hebrew where everything is circular. What's happened before will happen again. What's happened before will happen again. When I was a kid, and I remember this about 1961 or 1962, I remember being at a, at a house meeting, actually in the, I think it was in the wood area. I was just a wee kid. I was about eight, nine or something, or 10. I don't know, something, somewhere around there, about Jared's age. And um, no, a, long, a long time ago, a long time ago was Jared's age. And, um, and, and I was there and I remember this guy saying, they were talking about the end times. Now we know, look, the end times have, ever, have been ever since, look, they're written in here, over 2,000 years ago was the end times. We're still here. Yeah, sure, it's going to happen. But no, the thing is this, we'd just be ready. Just be ready. Just be ready. Go do some good and just be ready. And stop let, letting all of that stuff consume our lives and consume our world and consume our time because while all of that is consuming us, there's not a lot of good going on. Because we're trying to be right. Guess what? We're all going to miss it anyway, because Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. <laughs> and you won't know the hour or the day. Scripture tells, yes, read the times and the seasons. Cool. But you know why they are, they are there for, for every generation? Because something major happens in every generation. It's to try and bring us all back to God. It's part of the work of salvation for humanity. God's got a big picture here. We live in a little world in our little lives and have a little picture. God's got a big picture. And he brings things from time to time so that we will wake up as the church, number one, and help our communities by doing good, come to faith in him. Man, that was good. Don't know where that came from. But it's true. It's so true. Um, 
I was, I was talking about, yeah, about, about these people in the 60s. And I remember standing in this meeting and this guy saying, oh, yes, I believe Jesus will be back within 15 years. So that would have been 1976 or something. He should have come back. But Jesus has been coming back every decade. You know what? There'll be a time when he does. Don't know what that looks like. Got some ideas. You know, the Bible says some stuff. But we don't know it all. You know what? God is a mystery. And we don't know it all. We'll never know it all. But what we do have is the opportunity to live like Jesus lived and to do good. Just do good. Just do good. Just be good and do good. Let's help where we can help. Let's, let's reach out where we can reach out. Let's make a difference where we can make a difference. And let's go find our good work. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we... Uh, thank you this morning for your word. I, I just really pray it's helped us today. I know it's helped me. God, I, I don't, I don't want to become a person that is just so right that I'm living in law, I'm living religious. I'm, I want to be, be free. I want to be like Jesus. I want to express to the communities, to his world, the way that he did in his world. I want to express that to my community, my world. Pray that for every person here today. Lord, that we would know what it is to be and to live good. We thank you, God, that you came to do good and you did good because you gave your life for us. Wow, how good was that? And that was the ultimate of the goodness of God for humanity. Thank you, God, that you've made us right and righteous with you because you are good. You're a good God. You want everyone to come to salvation. You want everyone to know the wonder and the beauty and the glory, the majesty of who you are. God, I pray this morning for every person in this place that you would bring to them your goodness, that they would know your goodness, they would live in your goodness, that we would each be a person and people who would express your goodness wherever we go. I don't know where you are at this morning maybe you've come along to church with someone maybe today you don't have a relationship with Jesus the Jesus that we're talking about the one who brings us freedom and I'd like to give an opportunity for you to respond to him today maybe you don't know him at all you've never had a relationship with him maybe you have in a time past but this morning you know there's something going on on the inside and God is speaking to you with the power of His Holy Spirit. So if you're here today, you'd like to say yes to Jesus. Jesus, I want to connect with you today. I'd love you to pray this simple prayer. And it just goes like this. It's Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. 
you're praying that prayer this morning, let me tell you, your life is about to be turned around. Your life is about to start an amazing journey with Him. And if that was you this morning, if you're here today and you prayed that prayer, I'd like to just know that while everyone's praying, by acknowledging that, and if you wouldn't mind just quickly slipping up your hand so I can see it because we'd love to help you on your journey of faith wherever you are you might be part of the church you might be here for the first time whatever whatever you wherever you find yourself however you've come doesn't matter but anyone respond that way this morning just like saying yes to Jesus God bless you anybody else today saying yes to Jesus cool Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you today for lives that are given to you and being given to you. Thank you for a person that said yes to you this morning. Pray, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit that um, you'd meet with them and as we connect and help on the journey of faith, we're just believing for you to do a whole lot of good in that person's life and through our lives. And we pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.